Hello, welcome to Britpop Banter. My name is Kevin. And I'm Leslie. How you doing, Les? Well, great, because, you know, I feel useful today. <laughs> For some reason, um, you've, you've saved the day with regards to this recording. I've saved the day. So I'm renowned for my technical prowess, <laughs> um, computer literacy, and just overall, you know, just an all-rounder, really. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, yeah. um, please. The, Jack of you all know, trades, really. That's, yeah, master of none. But <laughs> um, it's good that I was able to, uh, you know, just save the day so to make sure that, you know, this fine morning, we can talk about Oasis. I know we've we've lost. I'm just we lost 45 minutes there, piss farting around trying to get that working. Well, you lost 45 <laughs> minutes. I mean, as soon as I came in, we were up and running, and I reckon two and a half. <laughs> was it? It was your idea to fix it as well. Well done. I really, I know it's just amazing. I know it's a, it's you know not just a pretty face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So on uh, Facebook and Twitter, we're at Britpop Banter or email us BritpopBanter at gmail.com. All views expressed on this podcast are 100% our own. And while we poke fun at Echo and the Bunnymen, uh, we appreciate their talent and sacrifice to create these albums. Uh, this week, it's a biggie. This one is a biggie. I am so excited. So get comfy because this will be a long one, I think. And I'm pumped about it. It's Oasis, Sotshog. Gee whiz. Standing on the shoulder of giant. Um, Les, last week your pick, editors, the back room. The back room, the editor. Do you know what I forgot to do is give you my rating. Did so, you? Yeah, um, I'm pretty certain because I listened to it back and I thought, you know, I didn't actually see what I gave it out of ten. Um, just so everybody knows, because they've probably been, you know, really worried about this for the last week. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, I would give it 8.5. 8.5? 8.5. That's that's extremely high for you. Yeah, I love it. But I think I made that clear. Yeah, I, um, it's funny, after we finished that episode, um, I had songs from that album in my head, probably for, for about just, you know, three or four days solid until I started doing our homework. Um, and you know there are some good songs on there i tell you what i didn't do after the music episode is have any of their songs in my head no. so that tells me that uh in the editors ranked slightly higher so i was probably a bit harsh with my five rating. you were massively harsh you were just you were just doing it deliberately because i slammed athlete uh i'd, look, I'd probably have bit. i'd probably have <laughs> you were you're being a baby <laughs> i'm a professional this professional uh, Had we have done the editors in about four weeks' time, and you'd forgotten about athlete, it's just too raw. Uh, there were, look, there was a couple of people yeah. who agreed with me about the back room, uh, and the there was one. And let's be honest, we've discussed that person's taste <laughs> in music already. <laughs> Speaking of taste in music, the challenge. Oh God, Andy, seriously, mate. Just give it up. I mean, we're going to go through it professionally, track by track, because you at least are owed that much. But look, just if you think you're going to send us a challenge again, take a little bit of time, (laughs) sit down, think about it, 
have a couple of listens back to the podcast, probably the episodes where I'm particularly harsh, and just go, do I want to do this? Do I want to publicly put myself through this? Do I actually think they will? Do I have any chance of them liking this band? <laughs> like, just even the slightest hope. If the answer to any of those questions is not yes, just don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. I mean, suggest it. Go look. Hi, Kevin Les. I really like the band. Blah blah. I'm not going to send you a challenge. I just wanted to tell you. No, go. That's nice. Thanks for letting us know. But when you publicly put it out there, you want me to actually listen to this, and you want me to take time because this takes a good over an hour. Uh huh. Agree. Times, you know, time is but a currency to me, Andy. Therefore, when it's wasted. <laughs> Uh, look, I, I'm, I'm, I, I can tell I'm not going to be as harsh as you. Um, so yes, we have an Echo and the Bunny Men challenge. This is Andy's third challenge, and he Dear put, <laughs> and he put together uh, a playlist. So let's. And what was the other one? He gave us REM and who else? Oh, I can't remember now. I remember hating REM. Oh, that's going to annoy me. Okay, I can't it remember. It was another one of these ridiculous bands. Right. Shall we get into this then? So you got your notes. Straight in. Straight in. Let's, Straight. let's rip that off. Uh, so it opens up with The Cutter. Uh, okay. With... Can I just read you mine? Straight in. The Cutter. I wanted to cut myself after 30 seconds of this song. <laughs> Three out of ten. Okay. This is how this is going to go. Oh. Go. Oh. I didn't think it was that bad, and I thought it was. A, well, I thought it was a nice introduction to the playlist. Not a bad song. Seven out of ten. Seven. I, keep going. Annoying and eighties was the other part of that. After I cut myself. Um, lips like sugar. Whoa. Um, didn't like it. Dash lips like sugar. Dash gross. Three out of ten. Oh God! This is the way the challenge is going to go. Again, not bad. Sounds like an upbeat. The cure. Uh, six out of ten. Awful. Think I need it too. Lips like sugar it just made me sick. I tell you, anyway. not, coming out of your lips is not sugar. I tell you that much. No, lips like sugar. Uh, think I need it too. No thanks. Four out of ten. <laughs> can't just write no thanks. Yeah, you can. What a what a professional right there. Uh, yep. Not bad. Actually, sounds quite modern and could be released today. The last minute is actually quite solid. Six out of ten. Cool. The Killing Moon. Love this song. That chorus is brilliant. Brilliant run home. Well done, Andy. I actually really enjoyed this. Eight out of ten. Know the song already. Really like it. Great tune. Great vocals. Thank God for this. Seven out of ten. Hey! Nice one. Never Stop. My least favourite so far, probably as it's the most 80s sounding. And it was. It was 1983. Four out of ten. Is this music or just a recorded conversation? I can't tell. I hate it. Three out of ten. <laughs> is it because this is Andy's third challenge? Is it because you've been in isolation for a while? Or is it just you genuinely hate this band? It's really bad. <laughs> it's just, I'll, I'll sum, I've got my little sum up at the end. Okay. Oh. Which I shall explain. Okay. Uh, bring on the dancing horses. Not bad, but not great either. Probably on par with the last one. Five out of ten. Um, 
Now, oh yeah, now I didn't mind this one. Upbeat, easy to listen to, six out of ten. Ooh, you gave a higher rating than me. I want to be there better and has some nice strings towards the end. Vocals a little bit dodgy here, but back on track, seven out of ten. Um, this one is okay. Um, these so the last couple of songs have been actually okay. I've actually been thinking maybe he's going to have a solid finish. I've got my fingers crossed. Five out of ten. Seven C's. This is okay. It's not great though. Kind of annoying chorus wise. Five out of ten. Throw this song out to the seven C's and never fetch it back. Three out of ten. <laughs> Rust, a decent song. The, string, the strings lifted, in my opinion, would have been average if not for them. Seven out of ten. I've put not the worst. Um, probably in the top three or four tracks on this list. Five out of ten. Okay. The Back of Love. Really don't like this song. There's a bit that sounds like the psycho stabbing scene. <laughs> Oh, what have you got? Uh, noise, capital letters, piercing sound like the shower scene inside. No way! Snaps. Horrible, horrible song. Three out of ten. Two, two. Crystal Days, really 80s sounding song again. Like the strings though, however, not the song itself. Four out of ten. Reasonable, five out of ten. Okay. Last song, Ocean Rain. Decent pick to end the playlist. Smart man, because the strings are excellent in it. 7 out of 10. Really boring. What a bad way to end this already terrible playlist. Thanks again, <laughs> Andy. Appreciate your effort. 4 out of 10. <laughs> Andy, Andy. We, we love you, mate. Seriously. That's... Uh... Yeah. So, so talk to me about what, what score... What's the average? That's so low. I've got 49. Low. My average is four. Four average is four out of ten. Mine's is five point yeah. seven five. So round that up, six out of ten. Um so just to sum them up, <laughs> now, <laughs> now again, they're just they're t- they're, they're technically fine. They're obviously good musicians. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, They've obviously mm-hmm. written a ton of songs. Yep. There's a lot of people that like them. Uh-huh. They're just really average. There's nothing that you go, there's not, nothing stands out. His voice is a bit annoying. I don't understand. I just don't understand. Is that it? <laughs> Echo and the Bunnymen, Les. I just don't understand. I just understand. don't understand. I just don't know. Um, I really actually think, cause, okay, so I'll give you a bit of an example. So <laughs> there are, no, so recently, because obviously we're in isolation a lot, I've been drinking a lot, I'm not going to lie. So um, it gets to probably just after dinner, and then I'm maybe going to try not to watch tons of TV and try and do other things like, you know, do like trivia or play games. Like I've got like different types of board games. I bought dominoes. <laughs> they just arrived yesterday. And I, I mean, I'm so excited. But anyway, the, <laughs> so what I'm, <laughs> but when I'm doing that, I'm trying to have different music on. So obviously we've got all of this, you know, obviously the research we do for this, but then Spotify, you know, Spotify does like the radios. Sometimes I go like, love my wee, I love myself a little bit of Fleetwood Mac, love it. So you put Fleetwood Mac radio on, and then you get all these bands from that era, so from like the seventies. And some of them you like, and some of them you don't like. But it's actually nice to remind yourself of music that you're not that familiar with from decades gone by. I've done the same with the Beatles. I've done the same with other t- types of bands of a similar ilk. 
and you know you find some gems and you go do you know what it's not there has been such great music all across various decades right <laughs> and bands that you've never really heard and so you some of them you have this <laughs> band has actually crossed a few of these decades they have and they've just never got any better <laughs> There isn't really a standout, you know. You you know they, they never appear in any of these playlists. They don't appear in any of the radio stations. There is no algorithm that's pulling this <laughs> crap up. <laughs> and so that's why I don't understand them. Right, God, that was a long ten-minute rant. That was good. Anyway, I like that. Thanks, Andy. Hope you're you know you're listening and you're safe and well and you're. Enjoying yourself and not not crying too much. So, no. um, you, so you talked about playing games and stuff like that. So I've been, um, mm. I think you we talked about. So first of all, I bought a, a six pack of Kilkenny. Uh, oh. Had my first one last night. So oh, good, tremendous. Uh, still waiting for the sponsorship to come through. Obviously on that one. Um, Did you actually include them in your? You need to. I need to, I feel a bit shameful plugging a, an alcohol company, but I might do it. Why? Uh, so yes, yeah, good point. Then uh, you sort of we we talked about the Wheel of Fortune for the PlayStation. Got that, but I've got um, a game called Knowledge's Power, on oh. it, which is so you, you play it on your mobile phone. So we've got the whole family download the app, uh, and you play it on your mobile phone while watching the TV. It's so much fun, so much fun. So we've been playing that Beautiful. in the Dodd household. Knowledge's Power. And we've downloaded a game called Hidden Agenda, which is a crime game uh, that we all play. We all have our mobile devices and we can tell, see if someone's lying or we can push them for more information. And yeah, so oh, no. going to get into that tonight. So spending a PS, the, the PlayStation store has been getting hammered. <laughs> Same. Have you ever played, did you get the free game Journey? What is that? Oh, it's a beautiful game. Loved it. Don't like it. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it, and then I got I got someone playing. Not finished it yet. Oh, it's a beautiful game. Loved it, loved it, loved it. So you sound like you're doing okay. Um, yeah. Quite positive and upbeat in terms of isolation. Um, yeah. Australia's great. restrictions. We reckon we're going to be in our three to four weeks uh, before sort of anything main changes. They are opening up some of the beaches. I saw. Closed them again. Oh, did they? Closed it back but down. People just not paying attention. Just sitting there like morons. Yeah, because they were only allowed to do exercise on the beach and uh, people rocked up and started sunbathing again, didn't they? Yeah. So, but I went and played a bit of golf. Real golf? Uh-huh, yeah. Are you allowed to play golf? Yes, of course you are. How can you not? You're on a golf course. You couldn't be more socially distanced if you tried. I didn't know you could still play golf. That's a great idea. Yeah, I know. There's only two of you allowed to go to, though. It can only be two at a time. Right. So I went. Um, and there's only allowed X amount of people. I mean, because it's massive. You can't. There's no one near you. And the driving range. I mean, that's awesome. That's a really good idea. Yeah. So that was nice. Just gets you outside walking and doing something. Yeah, yeah. Very, very cool. And not around people. Uh, and in terms of... Uh, infecting, uh, injecting yourself with uh, bleach or disinfectant. How have you how have you gone yeah. trialing that? 
So I'm probably not going to try it. I'll just wait, hold off in case I get it. I'll keep that one up my sleeve. Just in case. Yeah, what I probably might do is try and find some sort of halogen light to stand in front of me. <laughs> See if that helps. Maybe buy a sunbed. Maybe that would be... Maybe just lie on that. What a moron! Seriously, if there is anyone in the US listening to this, if you have any, any thought that you're going to vote for Donald Trump, just stop listening now. Just don't. Because if that has not made people's minds up, this is not even about what side of politics you're on, whether you're right wing, whether you're left wing, whether you're Democrat, whether you're Republican, whether you believe that Trump is against corruption, whether you believe, I don't care. This is just downright stupid. Like it's just completely moronic. Mm. There are five-year-olds know not to drink bleach. Mm-hmm and disinfectant. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely moronic. And now he's saying it was sarcastic. Fake news, Trump. Fake news. You're a moron. Who even told you that? <laughs> Do you think people just... i tell you what, right? If I was working in the White House, I'd be like that to my mates. Watch this. I'm going to tell them that if you drink a wee bit of disinfectant, get rid of it. I'll s- and see if he says it. <laughs> uh, Excuse me, Mr. Trump, um, uh, Mr. President, we've been getting some research through from, you know, the World Health Organization that you've stopped funding. But um, they've been saying that we feel that we could probably get rid of coronavirus with small doses of ingesting disinfectant. Nobody really has mentioned it yet. You'd be first on the world stage. I think you should go and <laughs> like, you'd be having a right laugh in the back. Well, look at this moron. Like really, it's been an interesting. This isn't even about what side of politics you're on. This is not. This is just like, this is literally. Come on. I think it's the the, the other one is the, the this really sad news about the protests that are happening as well, uh, oh. which is just you know stay home you know for a couple of weeks get safe, stay in isolation, and you've got nurses actually getting attacked and abused for trying to tell people to go to go home and they rock up with guns and oh scary doesn't help anyway shall we get on to much better things uh and talk about the fantastic song of the week so i love this track it's it's very different it's very unique it's very uh it's it's not something a style that we generally play too much but it's, it's a band that we have we have played become this guy uh, before uh, yep. in season one, this is their brand new song called "Rain Down." Uh, so, "Become the Sky." Obviously, uh, reading out their sort of bio, it's it's beautiful, just like the song. They germinated in spring 2019 in fertile ground in between Liverpool and North Wales, carefully nurtured by Anne Marie Howard, Joel Sawyer, Mike Sims, and Marcus May on drums. Uh, what did you think of the song? I really love it. It's it's different to their last one. I do remember the last track. Yeah. Um, but great sound, unique band. Mm. I do love this section. We're just getting all sorts of different. There's it gives me hope that there's all this different type of music out there that needs to, um, needs to be heard and hopefully, you know, they can be a success. Yeah, I to- totally totally agree. And actually, one of the nice things is we've got quite. Uh, a mix of, of different songs coming up over the next couple of weeks, which will be really good um, for everyone to sort of hear. So, Become the Sky, Rain Down. 
Gorgeous song. Really, really nice. Thank you for sending that through. Become the Sky, Rain Down. Les says. She does say. <laughs> what she says today is, today we are talking about Porridge Radio with the album Every Bad. My man Jerry <sighs> with the album The Bonnie. I'm really excited to hear what you think about this. Um, Good. But we'll just, uh, you know, we'll hold that anticipation and we'll start with Porridge Radio. Yeah, let's talk about them. Um, so they are a British band formed in Brighton in 2015. Yeah. They are fronted by vocalist and songwriter and lead guitarist, very talented young lady, Dana Mar- Margolin either Dana or Dana, I'm not, not sure which. The other members are keyboardist uh, Georgie Stott with bass guitarist Maddie Ryle and drummer Sam Yardley. Um, the Guardian listed them among their top 40 new artists in 2018. Wow. And described their music as slacker indie. Mm. Whatever the hell that is. <laughs> um, and this is their second album. Oh. They released a previous album um, back a couple of years ago, but this is their second album. It was released in March of this year. Um, hmm. Reviews, so Pitchfork, 8.4 out of 10. Wow. The second album from the Brighton Four Piece is the sound of a band mercilessly digging into itself with a stunning dynamic performance from singer-songwriter Dana Margolin. When Dana repeats her lyrics like incantations, I am charming, I am sweet, I'm bored to death, let's argue, you will like me when you meet me, it can be hard to gauge whether she wants to believe these facts or decimate them with irony. That is among the frictions that power every bad. The sometimes twisted, often transcendent, always incendiary album from the Brighton four-piece Orange Radio. The band once minimal sound reminiscent back in 2015 um, has scaled colossal, colossal, colossally, transforming into a fever dream that lifts every song. Where 2016's um, debut album, Rice Pasta and Other Fillers, recorded in the drummer's shed, had a dark streak, Every Bad is unbashed sorcery. Margolin's dusky voice and serrated riffs sometimes recall Polly Jean Harvey, sometimes the attack of uh, early Karen O., love her but porridge radio has divides its own approach to guitar music every every bad is the sound of a band digging into itself 
and on the opener my golem asks what is going on with me and she spends 11 songs excavating answers turning them into melodies that hang gracefully aloft beautiful yeah 8.4 from the guardian that's impressive no 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 pitchfork oh pitchfork sorry pitchfork yeah the guardians next our pal alex Petridis. oh good what, what a guess four out of five wow that is hard the Brighton band second album is spiky strange and uncompromisingly brilliant can they drag the avant-garde into the mainstream mm. porridge radio front woman recently gave an interview to the enemy that took its headline from one of her quotes i've always known that we're the best band in the world margolin went on to suggest the, f- the current burst of interest in her band was woefully belated Obviously, we're really good and we know it. Where have you been? And that their destiny lay in performing to arenas and sports stadiums around the world. I want to be Coldplay, obviously. The swaggering bravado is standard practice from a certain kind of alt-rock band. The same gobby self-assurance helped propel the Stone Roses, Oasis, Kasabian on the on the front music, music pages of the press. Mm. The difference here is that every one of our goal and statements seems to be accompanied by a roll of the eyes. Forage Radio are a product of Brighton's fertile but subterranean DIY music scene. And whatever you make of all this, you certainly can't accuse the people involved of being fueled by vaulting commercial ambition. Every Bad is an album made by a band who are something of a contradiction. From a resolutely uncommercial background, they've somehow ended up making something that could be and certainly deserves to be big, but without losing their strangeness. Mm, okay. Okay, okay, so okay. two massive reviews there. Yeah. Huge. Big scores. I'm keen to hear. Does Kev agree with them? Or does he not? Okay. Uh, I tell you what, the emotion in this album is is raw. It's really personal. It's powerful. Uh, the lyrics are really confronting and honest. You know, the intro, uh, the very first song, uh, Born Confused, you know, thank you for leaving me, thank you for making me happy, like, bang, okay, wow, that's, that's you know, really, you know, the second song has, my mom says I look like a nervous wreck because I bite my fingernails right down to the flesh, like, I'm a nail biter, like, so I just, Same. yeah, so I just heard that and I went, wow, you know, so there's a lot of really personal writing, um, look, this isn't, because this, the lyrics are really raw and punchy and it's a very emotional, powerful, uh, loud, almost punky sound, you get quite drained by some of the songs. Um, it's not easy listening. The songs themselves are quite long. They're around the five-minute mark and you sort of, God, you're exhausted. Um, and it feels an, an, a longer album than what it actually is. Right mm-hmm. now, that's nothing to do with the band. That's me. I just found that the because the album's only forty-one minutes. Yeah, but I tell you what, by the track out, by the time I got to the second half of the album, I was spent. Like I because it just because yeah. it is so rocky, it's so aggressive, it's so punky, and the the writing is so emotional that it just it just envelops you. Um, but I was knackered towards the second of this. They remind me a little bit of Elastica. Um, or should I say mm-hmm. wire? Because just the raw guitariness to it and the lead female vocals. Um, look, there are some really good songs on this. Uh, like I said, the intro, sweet. Don't ask me twice. 
Long is my favorite song on the album. Uh, Nephews is a good song. Pop's a good song. Um, I think, uh, sorry, pop song's a good, good song. And I think it's, that's a smart placement because it's right in the middle of that album. It's a softer song and it gives you a little bit, a little bit of a breather. Um, couple of okay songs. Uh, Lilac, it kind of, I'm not, the repeating of I'm stuck on the song kind of gets to me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Circling, uh, Homecoming song is a bit of a fizzer considering the rest of the album. Overall, I'm really glad we got to listen to this album. It's probably not an album I'm going to run back to because it is just so emotionally charged and that it's quite punky, which is not uh, something I generally gravitate towards. But I, I did enjoy it. Six out of ten. Hopefully, that's better than I thought you were going to give it. Yeah. Got to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But you were going to have a crack at this. Um, oh, no, so I'm saving that. I'm the same as you, so I really enjoyed it, but in small doses. Yes. Right? So there are some albums that you can be working to, right, for example, you have one in the background and then it repeats and it plays again, you haven't really noticed. You wouldn't do that with this. No. Um, I'd also probably find out that I would dip in and out of it. So there are songs that I really like and I want to hear again and there are other songs I'm not so fussed yeah. or I'd maybe just want to listen to a couple of songs from the album. Um, I really like her voice. Mm. It's She's incredibly talented. This band are talented. This is, they do, in the, the last review there, they talked about how reminiscent of PJ Harvey and also mm. um, Karen O. And I do hear the, like I used to love the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs and it sound, they sound a bit like them. Okay. Um, so I do, like I enjoyed that. Um, again, look, just not one of those really easy, easy listening type albums. You're not really, you know, it's not background music. Correct. You're either going to have it on or you're not. It's not just there, um, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, look, songs, Born Confused, I think the album starts off great. I think that was a great track to start the album with. Agree. Um, Don't Ask Me Twice, Long is a great song. Pop song's tremendous. Like, I genuinely love that song. I think it's just stunning. Um, the last two tracks for me probably kind of let it down, mm. I think. Um but yeah, look, solid. I think I hope they do make it big. This is their second album. Um, clearly very very talented. I'm a sucker for a female vocalist. It's always nice. So it's um get a point for that. Uh-huh. So um seven out of ten for me. Nice. All right. Okay. Mm. So look, we're pro- we're very similar views in regards to that. Yeah. Um but I think I think this is a band that if you haven't heard of of porridge radio you should hear about this band so yeah. uh i think we should play something what do you think we should play uh pop song okay good choice uh it would be either that or long for me but i think pop yeah. songs a really good introduction to the band so let's play yeah. pop song
And God help us, it's Jerry Cinnamon. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. So we all know who he is. He's a little scampy Scottish fella that comes onto the stage <laughs> with his guitar, isn't he? We seem to have hey? a we seem to have a few of them kicking about at the moment. Him and Amazing. Lewis Capaldi. Amazing. So, look, this is obviously his second album. We covered his first album, and you hated it. Hated it. Like, hated, hated it. it. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> so, it's going to be amazing. So, reviews, NME. You ready? Oh, God. Four out of five. Idiots. 2019 seems like a lifetime ago right now. Going to a gig, going to a festival, and we saw him at a festival, and you can't deny it was fun. I'll read you my notes. Keep going. Um, going to a festival feels like a world away, but last summer when an unassuming Glaswegian kroner stepped up to a massive, massive crowd in the John Peel tent, Glastonbury's worst-kept unsigned secret, caught fire. Jerry Cinnamon's sheer brilliance for finger-plucking strum-along anthems such as Sometimes Lullaby and Belter resonated right to the back of the tent and beyond. That landmark, landmark moment not only saw Gerard Crosby's fall on UK tour sell out in minutes, but also tickets for his first stadium-sized homecoming show at Hampden Park, gone in hours. When fellow working-class hero Liam Gallagher took Cinnamon under his parka for a heady tour down under, it looked like the beginning of the rest of the Troubadour's life. Then, unfortunately, the coronavirus tsunami ensued and turned everyone's life upside down. Mm. While many artists put their albums on hold, the likes of Jerry... Dua Lipa and Laura Marling soldiered on and gave us some much-needed escape in these times of self-isolation. Cinnamon, too, took the decision to stay true to his word and drop his new album, The Bonnie. It's probably not smart to release during the lockdown when the shops are closed and everyone's isolating, but no chance I'm letting folk down. Mm. Shrugged the singer-songwriter. Never gave a fuck about numbers anyway. Not going to start now. My album's out on the 17th of April. <laughs> I love him so much. And, um... <laughs> Much of the album continues along a bittersweet path with nods to both Bob Dylan and Neil Young. For every anthem, Where We're Going, Cantor, Sun Queen, there's a sobering song. Notably, Break Up Ballad, Roll the Credits, a tragic cinematic love song that offers little hopes. Thankfully, the outstanding When We're Gone reminds us of better times, a perfect partner to erratic cinemas. Sometimes this fist-punching festival anthem in waiting is easily the best song on the album and the track they'll constantly be on repeat on lockdown playlists elsewhere the menacing spaghetti western infused mayhem shows how far the glaswegian songs writing skills have become opening with a lo-fi strum the track bursts into a thumping widescreen fire sadly the last couple of songs on the bonnies disappointingly tail off I almost feel tagged on. Thankfully, there's more than enough on here to help us dream of better times ahead. Oft. Right. Guardian. Oh, four out of five. I don't need more praise on Jerry. There's a narrative sound around sing Scottish songwriter Jerry Cinnamon that he has achieved his success, selling 50,000 tickets for Hampden Park Stadium in hours. A genuine phenomenon playing arenas across the UK without the support of the media which is true in the same way that it's true that Quentin Tarantino became rich and famous without making rom-coms. Both were choices, not circumstances forced on them. Don't compare Jerry Cinnamon to Quentin Tarantino. I, I, had, to do, I had to read that part out. Amazing. Um, none of the songs depend on production trickery, otherworldliness or mystery. Everything on the Bonnie is designed to be obvious enough that repeated listings reinforce rather than alter perceptions of the song. That's not to say there's no cleverness involved. The way 
The way canter gradually changes with the introduction of kick drum and tambourine so its texture doesn't remain unwavering is clever. And the addition and removal of that percussive momentum... A kick drum and a tambourine is clever. I mean, come on! would otherwise have. His guitar patterns were unlikely to leave Johnny Greenwood thinking he needs to up his game. (laughs) (laughs) And reassuringly direct. War song soldier twists compelling without ever tying itself in knots. His voice, a rich, true rasp that sounds untorted and unforced, carries the songs through their moments of weakness, but it can be frustrating. This is capable songwriting, but there's suspicion there's a songwriter who is very much more capable hiding away in there. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry! Kevin, Kevin, Kevin! What do you think of Jerry? I'm going to go first. Love Jerry. Fun, Scottish, relatable, food tapping, sticks in your head. You can't help but smile. I, you need it so much here. Songwriting's actually great. This is a far more mature album than his first, without a doubt. Um, Cantor's an amazing song. Where, where we're going. Great song. War Song Soldier, Head in the Clouds. I agree the last two tracks aren't amazing. I have had this album on repeat. I have been smashing the wine and the beers and I've had that on out in the sunshine. Um, and I just love it. I just love it. Seven and a half out of ten. <laughs> I love it. I just love the story about him. And I, I said yeah, that the last got, time. You've got to separate yourself from the man I do. and this the is story a better to album. the music. Yes, but you can't. What is there not to like? I love the fact he sounds in a Scottish answer. Only half of the time. Oh, that's a good impression. <laughs> Love it. Uh, oh, God. All right. So, oh, this is what I wrote, right? I like Jerry. I really do. Seems like a great guy. And when we saw him, he was awesome live, right? So we saw him. Um, beautiful sunny day. He came out. The crowd, he engaged the crowd so well. And it was really nice to see everyone just dancing in the sun to Jerry, who just gave 110%. The guy was awesome. Like, can't fault the guy at all. I must be the only Scottish person that doesn't like his music. 100%. Um, You're the only Scottish person that doesn't like being Scottish. That's the problem. (laughs) If we're all honest. Oh, my God. It's It's so true. Shut up. The worst Scottish person ever. Oh, yeah. So, So, I, the first listen... I kid you not, I got to track three and I went, I've got to, I've got to take a break. I've got to take a time out and I've got to listen to something else and come back and start again. Um, so I made a prediction last episode, this is going to feel exactly the same as his first album. And it does. It's exactly the same. There's no, it's not. Oh, he may have introduced a tambourine. No, it's, 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 the, it's the exact sound, same sound. Um, and it's, look, to, to be fair to Jerry... A, why would you change a winning formula? Why? You're obviously popular. People love you. You're doing really well. Keep doing what you're doing. And the second one, it's just a man with a guitar. That's it. Like, what more can I expect? This is the beginning of the rest of your life. Ding, 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 ding. You better start moving like you run out of time. As soon as that came on, the first track in the album and those lines, I was like, boom, I'm in. Get outside. Get the Kilkenny open. Here I go. Have you got the lyrics in front of you? What's what's the what does he rhyme with canter? 
This is amazing. You know it could be a canter if you were just a wee bit less of a wanker. More than half of the time. Ding, 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 ding. Canter, for anyone who's worried, who's wondering, is actually Scottish for easy or easy peasy. So basically it's saying it could be easy if we could just find the answer. It could be easy if you're just not as much of a wanker. So, you know. Deep. Deep, honest, um, poignant. I'd use the word poignant. You can't um, use Jerry and poignant in the same. <laughs> now, you just, now you just wind me up. Right, so here's the thing. Okay, I was really harsh on the first album because I just, I, the thing is, I just don't like the music. And that's, 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 just, that's just me. You just don't like fun, Kev. That's it. I'm an anti-fun. Where We're Going is a great, it is a lovely song. War Song Soldier, great song. The Bonnie's lovely. I've said they're okay. Canter, tell me that you can't, tell me you don't put Canter on and you don't smile. It makes me, it makes me very unhappy, that song. Very unhappy. Are you serious? But I tell you what, I did enjoy, there was one song that I liked and it was Sun Queen. I quite liked that song. Mm. Unusual. I thought that's a bit different. Not bad, like that. Look, so... In summary, it's exact same. If you're looking for more of this first album, brilliant. Jerry, can't fault you. You're doing really well. Keep doing what you're doing. Ignore me. I'm just a miserable old git. Do. Uh, absolutely. Four out of ten. That's insane. I don't like it. This is a beginning of that. But I tell you what, I'm not. But I tell you what, and we talked about this. Now, I don't have anything against Jerry, so I want to play some Jerry. Right? right. So I apologise to anyone who's gone. Don't be, don't be soft, Kev. But I think this is important. I think everyone needs to hear Jerry Cinnamon. Right? What song do you want to play? I want to play Cantor, and I want what I want is I want the people who don't listen to that and smile. If you listen to this song and you don't smile, you need to have a serious word with yourself. <laughs> so that's and I look. This is this is how we work, right? When we play a song. We pay for it, right? So I am going to pay money to Jerry Cinnamon to play this track, <laughs> right? Take take my dollar seventy nine or my two dollars nineteen, depending on the price. <laughs> Jerry, that's no hard feelings, mate. No hard feelings. Keep doing it. Thanks for cheering me up in ISO, Jerry. <laughs> so let's play Jerry Cinnamon uh, with Kenta. Stop moving like you're running out of time The realisation coming over your mind That it should be a counter If you could just find the answer You know it could be a counter If you're just a wee bit less of a wanker More than half of the time This is the beginning of the rest of your life You better start grafting cause you're running out of time The roof is on fire and it's raining outside 
Everybody should be a cantor If you could just find the answer You know it could be a cantor If you're just a wee bit less of a wanker More than half of the time Because the hardest part of the game Isn't even playing the game It's caring enough to care about the things that you do Oh, and so we cry and shame Good fun. It's good. I mean, come on. It's 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 good to have a laugh about it. I'm happy it makes you happy. Better than half of the time. It's just because he's so Scottish. So Scottish. Ah! You know what? <sighs> I mean, the problem that he's got now, right, is what do you do with your third album? I mean, and genuinely, I like what do you do? Because a lot of these Let's try another twelve songs. A lot of these songs, Cantar, uh, I think was released middle of last year, right? Yeah. And is only now making it into a twenty twenty album. So where do you go now? For I mean, how it's not going to be Radiohead, is it? No. Interestingly, that's a good segue into what's next in homework. Oh, what have we got? So next week we've got Mystery Jets. Oh. With the, with the, the album A Billion Heartbeats. Ah, right. And we have Ed O'Brien or E O B, all in capitals as he likes to be known, who 
obviously, is a member of Radiohead. Um, and his new album called Earth. I'm excited. I'm, I'm actually really excited about that homework. So, Ed O'Brien with Earth, or EOB as he's known, yep. and Mystery Jets with A Billion Heartbeats. Nice, nice. Very different. Bit of a change of gear. Lovely. Enjoyed that. Um, okay, should we get into the Beltar that is this week? Do you like the Jerry reference? Like that? Belter? <laughs> oh, I love Jerry. All right. Jerry's a Belter. <laughs> Oasis, standing on the shoulder of giants. Les, what's, what's, what's the album cover? What's the photo of? It's kind of like a skyline. It is. Um, so it's a photo of the Manhattan skyline taken from the rooftop of 505th Avenue. Um, I didn't know this, but to create the cover photo, the photographer captured the same frame every half an hour in 18 hours during the whole day's course, and they were put on top of each other to create that image. Why do you think... Okay, genuine question, and I hope I hope you don't have the answer to this. Why do you think they chose that? Because a very British band. Why do you think they chose an American skyline as an album cover? Because they wanted to sell albums. Okay, that's a really, yes. In America, they wanted to be big in, in America. America. Do you know what Liam, um, Liam Gallagher said about it, it? What? Guess what old, old mate Liam had. Oh, it's going to be amazing. I thought I'd pay you respect in that before you blow it all up, said Liam on MTV 2000. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Or voting a president who thinks that we can drink disinfected oh, to get rid of a virus. Amazing. Talk to me uh, about the album meaning. So, so I know this. Go, cool. yeah, excellent. Standing on the shoulders of giants actually appears on the British two pound coin. It does on the edges, right? It really does. Um, the words refer to a couple of things. So. Um, Isaac Newton, um, around his work on uh, gravity and indicate the modest way in which he described his success as being based on the work of his predecessors, because it's actually um, the lat as well as Latin and expresses the meaning of discovering truth by building on previous discoveries. Yep. So basically, it's his kind of, I guess, nod to the old folk yeah, that yeah. were doing some research in Latin. So, interesting choice. Very, a little bit too cerebral for the old Philosophical, oasis. right? So Yeah, I'd say. Because um, I'd be keen to know if Liam's familiar with the work of Isaac Newton. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. Uh, so, do you know how he... So, Noel saw... Uh, the quote on the side of the £2 coin. Mm -hmm. uh, so the £2 coin came out in 1998. Uh, and Noel was in the pub, liked it so much, wrote it on the side of a cigarette packet while he was hammered. When he woke up, he'd realised that he'd uh, actually written it without an S on shoulders. So it's standing on the shoulders of giants, but he wrote it standing on the shoulder of giants. So it stuck. Um the term standing on the shoulders of giants has been used in heaps. Uh, I've only known it 
through this album. Uh, I'm not a big follower of Isaac Newton's work, obviously. Um, but it was used in uh, Jurassic Park, the movie, Big Bang Theory, X-Files, R.E.M. used it in a song, and it was in the game Portal 2. Do you watch the Big Bang Theory? Can I tell you something really interesting about this show? <laughs> yep. It's actually not interesting. It's really interesting to me. I do, well, not now, but did do a lot of flying. And I would find that all the half and the last hour of my flight, especially international, I always like to end my flight with a couple episodes of Big Bang Theory. Don't watch it anywhere else. Not my house. Really? Only in the air, because it's kind of it's kind of funny, it's kind of comforting, and it always just has that perfect amount of time from when they say you're about to descend till you actually land. Oh, that is yeah. Okay, so you've never well, so it's on Netflix the the entire show. You've never. I think it's funny. I think Sheldon's hilarious. Yeah, I think you're Sheldon. <laughs> No, oh. a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. No. Anyway, the reason why we're talking about this is that in the Big Bang Theory, did you ever see some episodes with Professor Proton, one of the best characters ever? No, I don't think so. Oh, it was Professor Proton. It was one of the the guys that Sheldon uh, watched on TV as a kid, and it helped him become the the scientist that he is now. Anyway, Sheldon basically said in one of the episodes that Professor Proton helped uh, an entire generation of young scientists was standing on Professor Proton's shoulders. So it's been referenced a fair amount of times in in the old media. Um, So the album came out very early, 28th of Feb, 2000. It's Oasis's fourth. Its uh, previous album was Be Here Now in 97, which we have covered and is probably one of the longest ever episodes we've done. I kind of feel this is going to go the same way. And I can't wait to talk about what you think about this person. Be here now. Oh, can't wait. Right. So, what followed it? Heathen Chemistry in 2002, which got to number one. Uh, the label was Big Brother, which we'll talk about a little bit later. And it was recorded in a heap of place uh, Supernova Heights, Wheeler End Studios, uh, Chateau, Chateau de la Quarnard. Totally got that wrong. The producer, they had a new producer, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Mark Stent, uh, otherwise known as Spike. He has an insane career. I'll talk about a little bit later on. But Massive Attack, Mezzanine, U2 Pop, Spice Girls Pop, uh, Bjork Homogenic, Manson's Six album as well. 47 minutes. This is uh, where Kev gets a little bit upset because it was 10 tracks and probably the first album I ever bought with just 10 tracks. Uh, And so for me being the type bugger I am was quite upset by that. However, however, I'm happy with the length of the album. Okay. just to let you know, how long was this in the charts for? You know, how long was this in the top 100? And what I'm going to do... What I'm Can gonna, I guess? Yeah, go. 56 weeks. That's very close. Let me let me give you this, right? Definitely maybe 353. What's the story of Morning Glory? 431. Standing on the shoulder of giants, 35. But be here now, 47. So, you know, you can't really 
you know, be here now, set a bit of a precedent. Are you ready for the charts? Yeah, pumped. All right. They're going to be rubbish, eh? Yeah. Let's start with number 10, Cartoon Heroes by Aqua. Oh, my God. I can't even remember. I don't even know that song. I don't even know that. Move Your Body by Eiffel 65. Wow. What a Girl Wants by Christina Aguilera. What a girl wants, what a girl needs, whatever makes you happy, set you free, and I'm thanking you for loving me gladly. Uh, Gabrielle with Rise. <laughs> no. No. A1, Like a Rose. No. What? No. Money. It's going to be awful. Money by Jamelia. Nah. Caught Out There by Killies. Killies, Killies. That's a great song, Caught Out There. Is it? I wish I could remember how to sing it. Yeah, it actually is. She's quite cool. Okay. Uh, show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely. <laughs> meaning of being, being lonely. lonely. Oh, Christ. Moving Too Fast by The Artful Dodger and Romina Johnson. I absolutely love that song oh you're moving too fast and i don't think it's right i'm not giving you my love tonight (laughs) (laughs) love it brilliant still listen to that and number one is a cracker i love this uh pure shores by all saints great song great song uh off the beach soundtrack which is a great soundtrack it's the closing, the closure, uh, the closing song to Fat Boy Slim's Brighton Beach set. Oh, just top-notch song. Good, good top ten albums. Baby, one more time by Britney Spears. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, play by Moby. Oh my God, what an album! What an album! What an album! I had that in my top ten. You forgot about that I album. Did. I didn't. Daisies of the Galaxy by Eels. Oh, I've never listened to that. What was that one that everyone knew? Uh, Beautiful Freak. Beautiful Freak. Didn't you have that poster? I had the poster. I loved that album. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins with Machina, The Machines of God. Macy Gray on How Life. I hate Macy. I try to walk away where I stumble. Oh, Christ. Come on over by Shania Twain. I hate her so much. That is really music for dumb people. Yeah. Music for stupid people. Really. Rise. It's music for people who would put disinfectant in their body it's to good get point. rid of virus. Good point. Rise by Gabrielle. Supernatural by Santana. I can't stand Santana. No. Talented guitarist. Oh, very fine. talented, but just can't stand it. Uh, Travis, the man who. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. And then you've got number one, which is Sotsog. Oh, Jesus, still, wow, 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 wow. Still going to look wistfully away into the, the distance and go, hmm. It still does it for me. I still can't. Anyway, she hadn't talked about that. I'd forgotten about it. All right. So as we sort of talked about earlier, the Be Here Now episode, uh, which was the album before this, is episode 19 from season one. Uh, it was our longest episode until we brought some more songs in with the new license um, that we had. Hence, we get to play more awesome songs. Uh, Les, I picked this because I was back in the UK when this actually came out. Uh, I had come back. uh, I came back back into Australia when I was 18, stayed for a year and then came back to the UK uh, for a year and then sort of came back again 
uh, back to Australia. Uh, so I was there when this actually came out. Uh, and I, this is an album, I would say in a weird, and this is going to blow your mind. I would say this is the Oasis album I listen to the most. Wow. Yeah. 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 Uh, I can tell you right now, it's not the one I listen to the most. Yeah. So this is where I want to get, sort of get to, to with your, where were you when this album came out? I would have been, you're 2000, I'd have been, I'd have moved to Edinburgh by then. I'd been at uni. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was in beauty. And to um, you, you told us the story about where you were for Be Here Now. Where were you when you bought, I mean, was there such a hurrah around this album or? Yeah, there was, because I was still, I still, I've always been excited by the release of any Oasis album, apart from probably, if I think it, if I think about it, if I think about my levels of excitement, I started to wane I don't even know if I went out and bought Dig Out Your Soul. Oh, wow. Like, I don't know. So did. where like, were I, you I for this one? It. So you were at, you were at this, uni. Yeah, I bought this. I was excited for this. Right. Because as you know, I was a fan of Be Here Now. People can say what they want, whatever else. But I loved it. Yeah. And so um, I was excited for this <gasps> album. When I bought it, first listen, I was happy. Okay. Okay. Um, there were a couple of tracks that stand out, and we'll talk about those when we get to the tracks. Um, but it became... The singles became overplayed, and I'll talk about that in the... And so then you began... I found it annoying. Okay. Because it was probably their most commercial album, probably most accessible album, mm. and a bit... Yeah. Oh, the dismay already. I can feel it coming through the phone. Oh. Yeah. Um, look, this album for me, I know it gets beaten up a lot and we'll, we'll come to that, uh, which is, you know, I'm weird. I'll always pick the stuff that generally <laughs> people don't tend to, to like that much. But, you know, this album has one of my top three Oasis songs ever, which I'll top to. Uh, this has been my fav- one of my favorite episodes to research because there's just so much stuff going on for Oasis at this time. Um, and the whole thing, this will blow your mind as well, or maybe it won't, but we've asked for nom- listener nominations, right? Got yep. heaps come through. Not one person picked this album. That doesn't surprise me. Not one. No. That doesn't surprise you. Not one bit. Wow. Okay. Right, so let's start with Creation Records, headed up by your boy, Alan McGee. <laughs> Did well for himself, didn't he, Alan? Well done. So he started Creation Records in the 80s with The Jesus and Mary Chain, following up with other bands such as Primal Screen, My Bloody Valentine, and Teenage Fan Club. In 92, he sold half of it to Sony, and at the point they were apparently on the verge of bankruptcy, they hit the jackpot with Oasis, and the next few years made absolutely millions. Um, so this is from The Express. McGee doesn't remember anything he got up to. The year 1993, for instance, is a blur. A distant, hazy fudge. The bits I remember are good, and I remember weird things that nobody else remembers. We lost money on our first 11 records. Then we got Jesus and Mary Chain and put out My Bloody Valentine and House of Love. I was still only 27 at that point. When it got to Screamadelica, I was only 29. I started in my early 20s, so I'd been around. He left Creation in 99 and Primal Screen's Exterminator album uh, being his last. 
By the time he had finished working with the Boo Radleys, My Bloody Valentine, Teenage Fan Club, St. Etienne, Super Furry Animals, uh, House of Love, Ride, Bernie Butler, Bob Mould, Ickbelly, The Cramps, Felt, uh, The Pastels, The Loft, The Weather Prophets. Uh, in fact, we probably should do an episode on Alan McGee. Right? We probably should because it's quite the uh, roller coaster for him. Was it the Boo Radleys that Andy gave us? It was. Oh, yeah. I reckon it was. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> anyway, don't want to bring it up again, Andy. Sorry. Carry on. Um, so uh, what did Oasis think? So um, so he left Creation in Nine. So what did Oasis think? From Muse. Uh, he was very concerned that we hated him, smiled Knowles. No. I was going, if you don't want to fucking summit to do something, then don't do it. He started the record company 18 years ago, sell, set out to sell millions and millions of records to sign the best rock and roll, but reckon rock and roll bands in the world. I said, you've done it. You've got nothing left to do. So what's the point? He said, that's exactly how he felt. It'd be wrong for him to stick around if his heart's not in it. Um, so with Creation Records folding, Oasis kind of had a problem around, do they, do they find another label or do they set their own up? Anyway, we didn't want to put our album out on a record label that is like a ghost town when you walk into the fucking offices. Was anybody there going to really give 100%? Was anybody really going to be arsed? Um, so with Alan leaving Creation, Oasis started their own label, and you got this right on the quiz, it was Big Brother, and re-released their entire back catalogue, plus uh, all of the future albums, selling 4 million albums. Uh, the, the only one they didn't do was Dig Out Your Soul. Uh, so in 2008, they signed a deal with Sony BMG that allowed Big Brother to release their next three albums as well as their entire back catalogue in a profit-sharing scheme with Sony. However, they only got to dig out, your own, dig out your soul before Oasis split up. So really, they only got one album out of the three deals that they were supposed to get through Sony. Uh, a couple of people left. Bonehead left and Grigsy yeah. left. What do you know about that? Well... I think that this is for, this is why I feel like this is when it all becomes it's the beginning of the end, isn't it? Really, for me. Oh, that's because so they sad. Were, but it's the truth. They were Oasis, Quigsy, Bonehead, Liam Noel, you know, Alan White on drum. That was the, that's Oasis. Okay. That for me was Oasis. Then we get all the other people that pop in and out for a wee while, mm-hmm. and. Yeah. Oh, your heart. It's actually quite sad. It is. It is. I can see. I can feel it. Um, because I, you know, yeah. So bonehead. Yeah, go. No, you go. So bonehead left uh, during the recording of Sotsog, saying he needed more family time. He was replaced by Jem Archer. So Jem had come in from the band. Did he need more family time? That's. I think that would be the official reason. Right. It's got to be. I mean, you read some of the interviews. You read. Uh, it'd just be so hard to be between two brothers that just constantly fight all the time. Yeah, it would be. And not just like bickering, actual fights. Like it must be just so hard just sitting in the room just going, oh, God, they're at it again. You know, it must be just so uh, taking any, any energy you've got just out of it and you're just like, you know what, I'm done. I, I need a breather. And you've got to think, right? You've also I also thought about this. You have to think when they released, say definitely maybe, so let's just that was in ninety four. So let's just say they were obviously 
together for a bit of time before that, you're 93. Seven years on, just imagine you've been, can you just even try and imagine the life they had for that seven years? Yeah. Yeah. There's got to come a time when you're like, I'm just done and I'm older and it's, I can't keep up anymore. Yeah. And the music's not getting better. Yeah. You'd call it. Uh, that's an interesting theory that he sort of had an indication around the, the music side of things and went, mm, I'm out. Um, so look, Jem came in from Heavy, Heavy Stereo that was also on Creation Records. He didn't play on Sot Sog. He was in the first video, though, with Go Let It Out. Gwigsy also left, uh, but he was replaced by Andy Bell from Hurricane Number 1, who was supposed to be joining Gay Dad. Uh, however, oh. however, however, Oasis called. Uh, but the catch was he had to play bass, which Andy doesn't play bass. So that's unusual in itself. So he had to learn bass from scratch uh, to play with Oasis. Um, so Noel had an interview with XS. But you would, wouldn't you? You would. I'd, I'd play the scissors. You know what I mean? 100%. <laughs> so in an interview with XFM, uh, Noel said what the process was for getting them. Well, in the case of replacing Bonehead, that was quite easy because I'd known Jem for a while. And with him being on creation and stuff, I knew he wasn't doing anything because his band had been dropped a couple of years before. So I just phoned him up and we didn't even bother rehearsing or, you know, doing the audition thing because we were fans of heavy stereo anyway. So we knew that he could play. So that was sort of boxed off in a couple of days. And then in the case of replacing Griggs, that took about two months because we went through the audition stage with that about six or seven bass players and some of them, in current pretty successful bands and they sort of came down on a sly under the cover of darkness and all that stuff and they were saying oh if my band ever find out that i'm here i'm going to get kicked out so we can't say who they were but um it was like being on stars in their eyes for about two months <laughs> what stars in their <laughs> what's what's stars in their eyes it's like that game show when um, tonight matthew i'm gonna be shirley bassey <laughs> where regular then, people get to dress up and look like and they would be, be imitate just odd when, when you I think, think about, about it that, now I'm, it's really weird so odd but i used to love it tonight oh. matthew i'm gonna be celine dion and you're like what there was tons of freddie mercury's yeah and some of them were like some, a lot of them were just terrible tons of elvis tons of john lennon uh so in an interview with the boston globe Noel said we're just a better overall band now. It's as simple as that. And hopefully that what? will... That will... <laughs> that will try... <laughs> We're just a better overall band now. Sure. <laughs> sure. Because if you'd have released Standing on the Shoulder of Giants as your first album, I can assure you, you wouldn't have been releasing many more. Hey, I'm not... That that was you were looking down the barrel of the phone at me, giving me yeah. it, and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't say it. So hope he said the, the disclaimer is hopefully that will translate into the recording studio the next time, right? Also, new producer Mark Stent replaced Owen Morris. Did it? Did it? <laughs> let's just stop. Let's think about that. You know, did it? Heaven chemistry. Mm, okay. Did it? I'll leave that to. Our listeners to decide. Because I don't think it did. <laughs> Such a baby. Um, <gasps> so, they, like I said, they they had Mark Stent replace Owen Morris. He had just done Mezzanine by Massive Attack. 
Is that oh your? Oh my god, one of the best albums ever. Is that your favorite Massive Attack album? No, Blue Lines is, but it's my second favorite. Okay. Uh, from the Guardian, we needed a fresh inspiration from somewhere. Says Noel. They enlisted Mark Spike Stent to co-produce with Noel. If there's one person who can establish a rock and roll sounding band, then Spike's the man because he's worked with U2, Madonna, Massive Attack, and Bjork, and he has one foot in the rock and roll camp and one in the contemporary electronic music. He'd always liked the band, but he thought that the record sounded crap, which was his opening line to us. Oh, that's harsh. Uh, did you know they did a logo change as well? Yes. What's your... what? Because what... I used to draw the old logo, which was like the black background with the border and then the letters in white. And then they changed it to this big silly thing okay i didn't even realize it had happened but yeah. their old logo is just so synonymous with them and it's just i feel like the whole thing mm. like it's just oasis were after be here now then a different band okay but and all musically lineup logo look the whole thing uh <clears throat> you're right and i sound like some like you know one of those like back real, in my real, day Yes, I do. And I know I do. But it's just like the first three Oasis albums were pivotal in my whole music journey, my life, the whole thing. And just and, and being at school and knowing how to draw that logo exactly. I've got school books that are covered in just me drawing that instead of probably doing what I'm meant to be doing. <laughs> um, and, and just the lineup of the band. Mm. Because like when you think about the band with Bonehead and Greg Z and you got Liam and Noel, they just look like five random blokes. Yeah, yeah. And then it's all the style change yeah. that they come on with their their aviators on and their stupid clothes and their logo. Scarves. And you're like <sighs> And I love a scarf, but I mean just Yeah, just changed. <laughs> Stop. Just, <laughs> So, uh, uh, from the Independent, instead of the old white-on-black lowercase oasis presented in a box, Mr. Gallagher has come up with dark, bold, rounded lettering cut through horizontally. I think it's more modern, at least it's more 70s, an insider at Creation Oasis Record Company said. The basic idea is that Oasis are back with a new lineup, a new album, new producer, and new new tour, so why not try a new look? Uh, so two new members, new producer, new logo. Uh, what do you think Oasis said in the lead up to Sotsog? Oh, they probably went on and said it's the best album ever released, better than Revolver, blah, blah, blah. They probably said something outrageous like that. So in an interview, Noel with Heat Mag. And to be fair, Noel's not as bad as Liam. How important is the success of the new album to you? The album is already a success because we actually got the fucking thing finished. Inspired to, <laughs> it inspired me to make more music. That's how I define success. Whether it sells as much as Morning Glory is debatable. It probably won't. Whether it sells uh, as many as Be Here Now is debatable. But if we make enough money on this record to go and make another one and it doesn't cost us any money, then financially it's been a success. Spiritually and professionally, it's already been a success. Why do you doubt it's going to be successful? I hope that it will, but I wouldn't bank on it. I think it's a better record but that doesn't mean that it's going to sell lots. Phil Collins sells a lot of records, but he makes shit albums. <laughs> Velvet, Under- Velvet Underground didn't sell any records, but they were one of the greatest bands of all time. So work that one out. 
can't argue with the Phil Collins point, really. <laughs> no, you can't. It's like Westlake for any of those, but I get that. But the reality is, it's not a better album. All right. Noel on the making. The thing about standing on the shoulder of giants is that I had a full year to sit in my 16-track bedroom studio with an engineer friend and make demos, whereas the demo sessions for Be Here Now were finished in two weeks, and they were really rough. We didn't bother about what sounds we were going to use or the arrangements or anything. I thought, we'll work that out when we get into the studio. This time, however, I'd basically done the album twice before it even got to the band. I'd written and recorded songs on a little Walkman, amazing, and then I demoed the tracks on uh, 8080s in my bedroom. And we ended up using a lot of stuff from the demos on the actual record because the demos were that good. Liam, I loved it. I was off the booze, man. So I just drank loads of water and was in the bog the whole time pissing. <laughs> I was chilling. I wrote a couple of songs out there. It was good. I learned a few bits that I'd been struggling with. Um, right. I want to talk about, I sent you earlier in the week, the tracks, the B-side, the whole package of collection of songs recorded by Noel during this time, right? Yeah. One of the, I just want to quickly go through them uh, and then talk about some of the songs that probably should have made this album, right? Okay, interesting. Yeah. Did you did you have a chance to get through some of them? Yeah, I did, but I'm, try, I'm very interested to see what you think should have made the album. Ooh, all right, let's go. Cool. Uh, so Let's All Make Believe, decent song, could have made the album, could do, I do do like that song. Yeah, not bad. As long as they've got cigarettes in hell, in hell, it's really a good song. It is a good song. It probably should have sat on the album. One Way Road is another great song. Could have made the album. Can we also just, when we do that, when we get to the end, I'd like you to tell me what song you think they should replace. Oh, easy. Easy. So I'll call it out, all right? Carry Us All, I think the right to have as a B-side. It feels a bit generic. Paint by Numbers Oasis. Full yeah. On uh, is a B-side. It's too rocky. Right choice for a B-side. Um, they recorded a lot of stuff, like Force of Nature, Little by Little, Let There Be Love. They they had that then. And obviously yeah. that went into future work. Uh, Idler's Dream is a nice song. Could have fit on the album. Just Getting Older, Revolution Song, are okay. Right Call is a B-side. Did you listen to, and I have no idea how to say this song, Tio Tioan Can? Tio Tequan? It's, it's basically, yeah. it's off the X-Files soundtrack. It's just an instrumental, but it is brilliant. I wouldn't put that on the album. It no, it's not on the album. It's not on the album. But I, I would probably, I've, I've put two tracks there, which is Let's All Make Believe and Cigarettes in Hell. Those two make the album, and I take two out of Sot Sog. And I reckon you've got a banging album. Okay. Okay. Uh, how did the album do? Obviously, it went straight to number one, but it wasn't there for long, and it didn't last as long as uh, the, the sort of previous run. Um, it was only beaten by Dig Out Your Soul as the shortest amount of time an Oasis album has spent in the charts. It was the ninth biggest selling album of 2000 in the UK, and by March it sold a million copies in Europe. Do you want to know, 2000, what the biggest selling album of the year was in the world with 10 million Oh, copies? God. Yeah, I do, but it's going to make me angry, isn't it? Give you a hint. It's a boy band. 
Worldwide. Worldwide. 10 million copies. Backstreet Boys. It's very close. It is in sync with no strings NSYNC. attached. No strings attached. I didn't even know that. So, how many awards do you think this won, Sog? So? Uh, none. You are correct. Yeah. No awards. What do you think that is? No nominations. No wins. <laughs> it's a bit rough, isn't it? No, it's not. What do you think Enemy had to say? Oh, no. Uh, probably something along the lines of new start, new lineup, new this, but not good music. It's not bad. Three out of five. It is, one is bound to say, a transitional work. The album Oasis had to make to prove to themselves as much as anyone that the desire still lies within. That mission, that mission is accomplished just about. However, how they choose to approach the next one remains to be seen. Austin Chronicles, two out of five. Hilarious. Their convoluted self-belief just isn't funny anymore. Unless you want to laugh at them, as many have on the most maligned track, Little James. Liam's first songwriting effort. In truth, the song captures the spirit of what Oasis do or did best. Silly, simplistic, sing-along songs with hand claps and na-na-nas. Sounds like Jerry Cinnamon. In the final analysis, this album is far better than the last. But far worse than the first. And nothing's as good as the early B-sides. Boys, where have all the good times gone? Uh, what do you think Noel said about the album in 2011? Good old Noel. What did he... He can go one of two ways. He literally massively backs himself ridiculously. Or then he just criticises it. Like he go, he, there's never like, yeah, it was an okay album, I'm glad I released it. It's either, this was the best album ever released and anyone who didn't like it is an idiot. Or, don't know what I was thinking, it's shit. If, if anyone hasn't seen Noel's commentary on all of Oasis's videos on YouTube, go and watch it. It is brutal. He just rips apart everything. So, he said to Grantland Mag in 2011, we should never have made Standing on the Shoulder of Giants. I'd come to the... <laughs> I'd come I knew to, it. It's always one or the other. I'd come to the end. At the time, I had no reason or desire to make music. I had no drive. We'd sold all of these fucking records and there just seemed to be no point. I went ahead and did it, even though I had no inspiration and couldn't find inspiration anywhere. I just wrote songs for the sake of making an album. We needed a reason to go on tour, but at the time, I wasn't thinking like that. However, we all thought the song, Go Let It Out, was good. So after this, you had Heathen Chemistry, Don't Believe the Truth, and Dig Out Your Soul. Now, in the earlier sort of Oasis conversations we've talked about you basically ranking the albums as they've come out has that changed so this would be number four yep um oh i think he in chemistry <sighs> yeah i wasn't a fan like dig out your soul was just i don't know just I actually probably need to listen to Dig Out Your Soul a lot more because I actually didn't bother. Oh, maybe that's, many maybe that's an episode in itself. Me and you, like, is it the last the ever the Oasis album? It was a good song. Falling Down's a great song. Don't Believe the Truth. They had they had Lila on it. The mm. Importance of Being Idle, which I hated. Mm. Um, I didn't like Lila, yeah. 
there was, yeah, I would probably say so. Heathen Chemistry has some good songs on it. But I would probably still nudge Sotsog ahead of it. Okay. So, yes, I probably still do okay. have it in that order. So they broke up, obviously, in 2009. Liam did BDI, which me and you never spoken to. Uh, then he went solo. And, of course, Noel has done his high-flying birds, which he's still doing well with today. Um, what Do you have anything else uh, on the album or itself before we get into the tracks? I... Yeah, I do. Go on. Just my personal thoughts. So when you said this was one of the ones... So, okay, when we first started this, I thought we're going to talk about very different bands that we probably haven't spoken around in the first series. Mm. And then you were like, we're going to do this one. And I was like, hmm. So instant reaction was so happy to get to talk about Oasis again. So then, and I hadn't listened to this album for a long time. Put it on, and it's like familiar friend okay so i went you know you recognize liam's Noel's voice miles away you love it it's familiar it's an easy listen it's there's not ever going to be a day that i can really criticize oasis because i blindly love them i get that um but i just still find it an interesting choice that you think that this album stands out head and shoulders above out the other albums that were released in this decade. So it's like, I love the fact we're talking about Oasis. I struggle to think it's better than some of the other albums that were released in that decade. Mm-hmm. And when I look at the choices that I've got coming up that I will be talking about, it would never even have got close on my list. I wouldn't even got near it. And I don't know if it's because of the way I was trying to position what the series would look like, or is it just genuinely not stand up against some of the albums? Now, I love Oasis a hundred times more than I love Editors. But I am telling you right now, The Backroom is a better album than this. By some distance, in my eyes. This is a better album than Athlete. But, um, <laughs> but it's just there were... The sound was changing in this decade, and Oasis changed their sound slightly, but never enough for me to... They didn't even try and keep up. They just released the same thing over and over and over, and I think people got tired of it. So it's sad, but for me, this was kind of like the beginning of the... End. So, but there are still some great banging Oasis tracks on this. There are tracks on this, if I was to do my playlist of Oasis, they would be on it. What a segue. What a segue. So we get into it then? Do it. Fucking in the bushes. What What are you shaking your head at? Is that the right way to start the album yes yes okay. yes okay. i love this song it is great this it just riles me up you talked about kasabian is your sort of your, your you know you get you yeah. know it just riles you up this is this is a banger it's the punch in the face you know i love it's it's cemented 
when Oasis walk out on stage, they come out to that and just you just know you're in for it. I love yeah. it. I love it so much. Oh, this is not how I expected no. this to go. I do. I oh, I do. This is the thing. I just, I really do. I just, it's, it's hard because it's like, it's not an album I'm passionate about. I love Oasis. This is a great way to, look, it's the best way to start the album when I'm thinking about all the other tracks on it. Is this a play? And it's the swagger of Oasis. It's yeah. a punch in the face. It's the swagger of Oasis. It ticks all the boxes. It ticks every one of your boxes. No, it does. But it's never going to be in the... Would, um, would this make your playlist? Oasis play- no. It would absolutely make mine. No, it wouldn't. Uh, I love the song. I think it's a great song. Um, so how the song came about, no... I was working on a remix for James Lavelle's band, Uncle. We had a day off, which we've... Oh, God, we should talk about Uncle. We had a day off when we were done with the recording and we started to mess around with drum, loop, drum loops. I put on the bass line of some guitar and we realised it'd be quite good. We had watched a movie about the Isle of Wight Festival in 1970 and we had laughed at some of the people in the movie, so we sampled them. The beginning has the promoter whining about all the hippies that broke down the fences in the concert area. Um, you know, also... I'm, I'm guessing you have. Have you seen Snatch, the movie Snatch? Brad yeah. Pitt? It's the, it's the fight scene with Brad Pitt, uh, yeah. which is just an awesome bit of cinematography. It's so good. Uh, I, I love this song. I, I, I just can't... I'm disappointed you don't feel... I'm not feeling it from you. No. All right, well, I'm going to play... It's a good song. Just It's not ever going to be in my... It doesn't pop in my head when I think Oasis. Wow. All right, let's play it.
Just to that, I'm going to play the whole thing. Amazing song. Ama just awesome. Is that your song? No. No. No, I just want to play it. It's brilliant. Okay. Uh, it would be my, like, I'm surprised that no, like, boxer or UFC fighter has, has walked out because it's just such a riled up swag song. Says fucking no. <laughs> so it's probably hard. All right, so let's get into Go Let It Out, which was their first single uh, released on the 19th of Feb 2000. The video produced by Nick Egan. Nick Egan. He did all of the Oasis videos for this album. Liam's on a double bus, a double decker bus singing, and then he gets to where the band are, and they're playing this nice outdoor setting. Beautiful. Uh, how did you feel when you first heard this? So when I first heard this, it was warm, familiar. This is Oasis. It's an Oasis single. It's an Oasis song. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Would it make a playlist? Probably would. Oh, this would hit go it? Let okay. it go let it in. Go let it in. Yeah, it would. I, same as you. I've gone. I dig this song. I like it. Feels and smells like Oasis. Um, yes. Noel, it started out like a very slow, melancholy piece, almost Lennon-like. Surprise, surprise. But then we did the demo recordings, and it went faster and became rockier. I played a Paul McCartney-like bassline, and we decided to find as many instruments from the 60s as we could, old Mellotrons and sitar sounds. And Shrow 4NZ, it's about the result of being ruled by the roost and internalizing your feelings, people that get stepped on and don't let it out, i.e. stand up for themselves. Hence the line, we're the keepers of their destiny. If you don't express your anger about something, things will keep going uh, on the way they have been, and people in society will always be shat on. In other words, just go let it out. That's brilliant. This is not your song, though. No, it's not. All right, so we'll play a bit of Go Let It Out because it's not my song either. talking about Oasis and not hearing your passion coming through like it normally is. I know. So. It's try, I'm trying. No, don't try. I mean, it, it, it is what it is, right? If I am more attached to this album than you are, and also you're probably looking at it from the other way, which is this is really the, the downfall or, you know, where you said it where it turns the corner for Oasis, right? Yeah, The does. band didn't feel the same, two of the members leaving and... No. Uh, who feels love? Uh, second single, number four, it got to in 29th of April 2000. Very simple video with a band all walking and uh, singing in a desert. What did you think of Who Feels Love? A bit better? I really like this song. Oh, yeah, good. I really like this. Yeah, it is. 
Uh, it's a, for me, I really enjoy the song. I forgot how good it actually was. There's a really good yeah. underlying electronic bass line that just sits underneath the song, which is great. Chorus is great. For me, I'm three for three on this album. I'm actually really content and happy. There's a great guitar solo that sits at the three and a half minute mark. Um, Noel, it's a bit, bit Dear Prudence, a bit Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, very much Oasis and really big but you can dance to it. I wrote the song early in the morning in Thailand about one and a half years ago. I wanted away from London for a while. We visited lots of temples and I suppose I picked up the moods from there. This is from The Guardian in 2000. A drug and booze fueled Noel and Meg were rowing about fuck all. You said that to the person, you said that to that person and they said that about me. Finally, says Noel, I picked up my missus up off the kitchen floor and the two of them set off for a two month, uh, a month long holiday to Thailand. We'd never really hung out together sober, he says. We'd met through drugs. Our relationship was surrounded by drugs. We got married and when we were we got married when we were pissed. Though we weren't drug when we decided to get married, he adds hastily. When I decided I was going to come off it and change the way I lived, in the beginning it was like, how's that gonna be in our with our relationship? Am I still going to like her? The holiday was a success and he wrote the album's most uplifting track, The Tranquil Who Feels Love, after a visit to a temple. It was a calm after the storm. I suppose I was feeling at one with the world. He had become reacquainted with his wife. It was like, yeah, she is cool. And I do actually like her. I love her. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah, they break up though. Did they break up, did they? Because now he's married to somebody else for a long time. Yeah. Oh. Um, Who feels love? Let's play a bit of that, yeah? I hadn't heard this in ages. I used to hate this friggin' song. Um, but now for some... Yeah, but for some reason now, it actually sits okay with me. The chorus is decent, and the last minute is really good. Um, this song is way better than I remember it being. What's your sort of take on this? This is... So you know how you said if you were to take a song off? This would be one of them. So, all right, let's play the game here. You've got two songs you're going to remove from the album and put the other two in. You're taking yep. out, put your money where your mouth is. Yep. I am not. That stays. Okay. Okay. Um, from Cobbs, I laugh hysterically whenever this song comes on my iPod. iPod. Oasis at their worst is ironically Oasis at their best. True. Very true. Um, I... I, I when the, when I came into this, I was like, I'm never, I'm not going to play that song. 
I actually really enjoy this song now. I want to play it. Not it's my pick, but I want to play it. So I'll put your money where your mouth is. No, 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 no. <laughs> what a pile of shite. I love you, Liam, more than most. But what was that? That That's coming off. I mean, it's, it, it's awful. I don't even know how it got on there. I think, I think, uh, no relented. I think Liam hadn't written anything wrote a song uh, about someone he, he you know, obviously cares about. And I think Noel just gave in. I just, yeah, all right, just whatever, just put it on the album. Um, this is fun. Like, if you read any review of this album, even for the, the, the people who love, love this album, they still hate this song. It's not good. Um, look, it's not, it's not as bad as I remember it being. I mean, it's not great. But it's not that bad. Last minute, it's actually quite good. Um, I'm not going to play it. And it is the song that I would absolutely take out of this album. So that's my number one pick. Get rid of Little James. I'm sorry. I don't. I, I think Noel sort of stood his ground on that one. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so this is from RP010A7605. Uh, this song goes to prove that this guy is absolutely rounded and the best musician since John Lennon. <laughs> oh John you'll be rolling in your grave son Little James is the son Patsy Kensett and Jim Kerr of well known Scottish band Simple Minds um, where he was lead vocalist Jim was also married to Chrissy Hind of the Pretenders before that so Little James has had a few masters teaching him the way we watch this space James Oh, I, I think the song is brilliant and it rings a lot of similar bells globally. Thanks, Liam. You've got a confused look on your face. I don't get it. I really don't get it. It's. I have stood up for Oasis for a lot of songs and had their back. And blindly so. That, I can't. Can't defend it. Just with good conscience, I can't. <laughs> because it's awful. <laughs> Right, so let's let's uh, uh, we're all in agreement. Everyone agrees, apart from this guy. But let's definitely agree that Gas Panic is Oasis at their best. What you're pausing? What Gas Panic is a tremendous song. Great song. It's not them at their best. 
<coughs> Disagree. Brilliant. Great song. Great song, not them at their best. So my favourite song in the album, it's one of the best songs they ever made. Um, and for me, it's in my top three. I think this is the minute I heard this. Really? Yeah, easy. And when, okay, so let's just, let's break this down. So this is not just album tracks. I'm talking about all of their B-sides, everything they've ever released. This is in your top three. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Okay. It's interesting. It's just so surprising. This is one of the best songs on this album, no doubt. But it's not in the top three ever. I just, okay. (laughs) I just can't deal with it. I can't deal with it. I really can't deal with it. Um, So Noel said, this is a bit like Led Zepp, some smoothing hip hop. For two years, I used to have these difficult agony attacks. The clock uh, uh, clock was four one morning and I couldn't sleep. Most of I used to wake Meg up and she was forced to sit there and talk me through the night. But this night she didn't wake up, so I decided to get a guitar and write a song about how I felt. There's a version coming out on one of the subsequent singles, which is a demo version, which I'd done in my bedroom. It's really, really mellow, like like all acoustic. And by the time we got the band playing on it and Alan playing on it and Spike was doing his thing in the studio, all of a sudden it just turned into this. You know, it was supposed to be this really quiet, acoustic, mellow little trip, really. And then, you know, Spike was like, fuck it, man. It's just a Led Zeppelin number. And then it turned out to be really good. And it's one of my favorites on the album. Agreed. It's one of the best on the album for sure. 100%. All right, let's play it. Gas Panic.
Where did it all go wrong? Leslie, where did it all go wrong? So, this is actually my song pick. Ah, okay, right, right. Because I feel it sums it all up. Where did it all go wrong? Where did it all go wrong? I love this song and you'll be surprised, and I know you're going to be surprised because it's a no-fronted song. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is a song that would be on any of my playlists. I actually think this is a great song. And I hope you know that it's touch and go. It's a great song. It's my favourite on the album. Good. We're back by in, some distance. Back in the game then. Uh, back in the game. No, look, Gas Panic's a brilliant song. It would be on an Oasis playlist. I guess I'm just struggling with it being even close to my top three. Gas Panic is if it, if you hadn't have picked Gas Panic, I would have. Like it, the six and seven on this album were always my two favourites. Got it. Always. Got it. Got it. By a by some distance. Gas Panic. Where did it all go wrong? The rest of the album, for sure. Um, great song. I don't want people to think I don't like Gas Panic because it really is a great song. It's just not that high. Um, but where did it all go wrong? It's just one of those lovely, um, one of those just lovely Oasis tracks that are kind of like stripped back, acoustic, no sings, and I love those. Yeah, yeah. And I just think it's one of those. I just think it's great. I, I, I've got to agree with you. So it wasn't released as a, a commercial single. Single, The song was released as a, a, an actual radio single in the US um, where the song got airplay but it failed to chart. Um, I'm saying it to you, I think it's a great song. I think the chorus is fantastic. Noel's yeah. voice is amazing. Great run home in the last minute and a half and an awesome guitar solo. Mm-hmm. Has like one of my best lines from an Oasis song like, do you keep the receipts for all? I can't sing, but for all the friends that you buy, that you I buy. mean that's just, yeah. that's great writing. Um, the song title is based on a very famous story from the '60s. Basically, it comes from a hotel worker who walked into the hotel room of famous footballer George Best one morning to find him stretched out on a bed with a couple of blondes. George had done the old trick of making love to the ladies on a bed covered in money. He was a mess. The ladies were a mess. There was booze all over the room. Generally, everyone looked like they'd had the time of their lives. The hotel porter walks in and says to George, where did it all go wrong? It's an awesome story. George Best. Who's George Best? Some boy. Footballer. Very good footballer who, unfortunately, no longer with us and drank a ton. He did, didn't he? He went through a couple of livers, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but yeah. one of the most talented footballers who ever yes. walked the planet and um, just unfortunately loved his, his partying a bit too much. Um, so where did it all go wrong? This is your pick. For Oasis, so... this album. Do you actually think it was this album? No, the next one. So, okay, good. Um, but do you think, okay, in your mind, where did, could you pinpoint for you when it went wrong? Was it... So you and I don't even know if it went wrong, right? So I think I'm being harsh because I've said it before. Every single Oasis album released is probably head and shoulders above some bands' wildest dreams of albums. And some of the ones that we've even reviewed, to be honest. Um, so I think I'm being, yeah, look. They just never reached that height again. They just didn't release a What's the Story. They didn't release it differently, maybe. And people have mixed reviews about Be Here Now. And I know that I'm probably mixed in the hype. And I was 16. And I loved Oasis 
probably as much as people love any band. And so for me, it has that real connection. Now, musically, is it as good as the first two? No, we covered that. Do I think it's musically better than this album? Yes, I do. Will there be lots of mixed response about that? 100%. A lot of people would probably put Be Here Now as the worst Oasis album. No doubt. Um, this is a good album, and, and I'll we'll talk about it when we summarise at the end. No doubt. I don't know if it necessarily went wrong. How do you just... How do you compete with the first two albums? Like, just how do you? And you have the change... You've got change, you have so many changes. Changes musically... You've also got to think about the people who loved your first two albums are getting older. You're not probably going to be um, appealing to when you just, well, you read out the charts. Mm. Like, just think of the people that are buying those albums. Mm. They're not buying this. No. They probably start, you're, you're starting to get a generation that think Oasis are like, oh my God, it's such an old man, new crap. Like, you're beginning, there's so many things. Their, their lineup changes, their vibe will change. They started to have kids, they're married, they're getting older. There's the whole thing. And so I don't know if it's, it didn't go wrong, it just changed. But they just never got back to where they were. Mm. And this was the beginning of that. Okay, okay, got it. Uh, let's play Where Did It All Go Wrong. Two.
Sunday morning call, third and last single, number four. The video's pretty good, actually. Uh, it's a take on Jack Nicholson's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, it was filmed in a mental institution in uh, Canada, actually, and has a Scottish actor, James Cunningham, who's been in your favourite uh, show, Tag Up. You love old Tag Up. I love it. <laughs> love it. Uh, what did you think of Sunday morning call? Um, it was a tie for this and put your money where your mouth is to be the other one off the album. Oh, I didn't see that one coming. I hate it. Really? Don't like it. Hate strong word. I'll take that back. I dislike it. I don't like it very much. It's annoying. It gets skipped. So you've come out of gas. So you've gone little James and you're like, oh, gas panic. Where did it all go wrong? You're like, wow, we're back in the game. Sunday morning calls drab. It's just drab. Wow. It doesn't do anything for me. That's just no. Oh, two songs in a row with them. Um, no, you know, I just don't. Not nah, off. Bye bye. Uh, so apparently, this song's about Kate Moss. Apparently, um, it's not exactly the most flattering either. When you're lonely and start to hear the little voices in your head at night, you will only sniff away the tears so that you can dance until the morning light. At what price? Um, I. Oofed. Yeah, I mean, Noel said the song is about a special person, a wonderful human being that lives life but can't handle setbacks. I can't reveal who it was. Um, so is this is this a play or not a play for you? Uh, this is not a play for me. Wow. This is your album, so you go for your life. Uh, I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, Sunday Morning Call, I'm actually, I've actually put here, I'm like, I'm really happy with this album so far. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it, uh, to me, this was a repeat listen that I was like, actually, this is this is standing up a lot better than I thought. Um, so let's play Sunday Morning Call.
I Can See a Liar is the second song I would totally put off this album. Really? By far. I can see a liar. Sitting by the fire. I mean, it's not great, but it's Liam and it's Rocky and it's kind of a bit like Oasis. I, it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit old school, a bit Rocky. Yeah. I mean, Noel Gallagher says himself, this one sounds a bit like the Sex Pistols. Um, it's Liam, he, he's gone, it's Liam's favourite and he must always get his favourites on the record. Liam is Liam and he usually whines. He doesn't stop until he gets what he wants. Um, I, like I've put in here, I'm like, I'm really happy with this album. Standing on the shoulder of giants, hold my beer. Because this is when I just I can't stand this song. Really? No. It's terrible. So I'm not gonna play it. Both. Then we get into roll over. I'm so what what talk to me about roll over. How do you feel about okay. it? Okay. I want you to tell me what you think I feel. Oh no, that makes First. that makes me feel bad. This is, I think you're going to compare it to Champagne Supernova. I am. Um, <laughs> it's better I'm than the all say, around the world. I mean, let's be honest. No. Um, I like Roll Over. Yeah, me too. Roll it over it's a good way to end the album. It's not... Um, is that a final hurrah for you? I'm interested to hear. But it's a solid track. This is probably up there with one of the best on the album, for sure. Yeah. This is, this is, uh, it's a great song. This is a tick. This is a Kev's hurrah. Yeah, definitely up to. I think it's a great way to end the album. Uh, you know, after Be Here's now crappy end to the album, I think they're they're back on back on form with this one. I'm I'm really happy with this song. It's actually Noel's favorite. Noel's gone. My own favorite. It's about people that gossip. I know lots of people that do it. He's a bit sexist to you, especially women. It's a catchy and happy song that shows their, that shows the direction what we like to go in the future. It's more gospel influence, bigger and more psychedelic. Uh, I, I what I've just been doing while we've been on, like, still know how to do the Oasis. <laughs> you've been, while I've been talking, you've been scribbling. Look at your notes, they're terrible. So you've just been drawing away and then you've done the Oasis uh, logo. Um, look, all, look around all the plastic people who live without a care, try to sit with me around my table but never bring a chair. Just... Great, great writing. So look, Roll It Over will take us out of the episode. Let's get into some reviews, Lyle. Oh. Black Tooth Grin, one out of five. By far the shittest Oasis album. Kid Buxton, one out of five. An absolute mess of an album, and I used to love Oasis. One of the biggest musical disappointments of my life. Oh, God. Oh. Kyle Rainville, three out of five. Like I said before, this isn't exactly the album that Oasis fans wanted, but it was the album that they had to make eventually. There was a really be- really good B-side from this album sessions called Let's All Make Believe that should have replaced Little James. That song is actually quite amazing and among Oasis's best. If you want to own it, though, you're going to have to have- buy a physical copy of Go Let It Out, the single. This album can be appreciated uh, for a certain maturity and interesting shifts in production style, but the end result isn't worth the time it takes to listen to it, let alone make it. And you know what the worst this and you know what the saddest part is? This isn't even the worst Oasis album. Oh God. Uh, let's pick a good one. Dog's Body, four and a half out of five. Standing on the shore of giants has been unfairly criticized by many in the past. And while one has to accept that it doesn't quite have the impact of earlier material, the album is a highly enjoyable listen in its own right. 
The record doesn't have much of a in-your-face type feel to it, but in many ways this isn't a negative, and the, and the more laid-back approach comes as a nice change of pace. And unsurprisingly, the handful of slower tracks highlight the set. The likes of Little James, Sunday Morning Call, and the excellent closing Roll It Over are all worthy of Oasis's best. And what? E- and even if the album doesn't come with the notoriety it comes, it, uh, even if the album doesn't come with the, the notoriety, it comes highly recommended for all fans of Britpop, without a doubt. What did you? And this is I can't wait. To, to hear you rating on this, what do you think you were going to give this album, and what did you actually give this album? The same. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Okay, go yeah, on. Yeah, the same. Go on. Then. Um, seven out of ten. That is way more than I thought you were going to give it. I thought you were really? going to. I thought you were going to pummel this at a five or a six, easy. No, I couldn't do that to Oasis ever. Oh, are you still wearing your Oasis goggles? Is that what it is? Yeah, I am. Yeah, you are. Uh, because it's the seven things of the albums. Think of the albums I've given seven out of ten. Like it's up there with those. I have been critical of this album because it's like um, I hold Oasis so high that for them this is a seven out of ten. For other bands, you're like, whoa, this band's going to be amazing because there are still tracks like Gas Panic, Where Did It All Go Wrong, Roll It Over. Go let it out. Who feels love? That still are great songs. Yes, yeah, I agree. I agree. And this is not an album that you put on. And like again, I can put this album on. And I'm fine. I'll skip past Sunday morning call. It is a bit annoying. Um, and little James. But again, you don't. You can't. I don't dislike this album. There's nothing on it I dislike. Um, there are tracks that I don't like as much and wouldn't really necessarily want to hear, but. I feel a seven is fair because I would give albums of a similar okay. um, level of seven, but it's just not. We've come out of when I've been given definitely maybe ten. What's the story nine? Yeah. I think I gave eight to you know. It's yeah, like yeah. this. I mean that's you don't get any better than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about the albums that I've lumped into a seven. Yeah. It's in there. Okay. Okay. Well, justified. Uh, for me, it's an eight. Uh, because I'm going to... Whoa! Oh, don't come at me when you're giving it a bloody seven. I absolutely enjoy this album more than you. It stands up to me a lot better than it than it did. Um, two tracks, get rid of the two tracks, replace them with another couple, and this album would be a heap better. But I still really enjoy this album, which was, which was good. So uh, I'm happy. I'm happy. It's good. It's good. You ready for next episode? I am. It's listener pick. So it's, oh, it's listener. Oh no. Oh, this is this is a weird one. Um, and it's it's one of your favorite bands. And uh, we did our uh, a review of their latest album, and we and oh good. Oh, actually, you weren't too bad. I annihilated it. Well, I I was. Oh. But I had this album. I liked this album, and so I can't wait to go back. This is a band, probably. One of the biggest bands in the world. Uh, yeah, right. The band, we're going to do Coldplay, Les. Oh! What album? First or second? It's, gonna it's be, not going to be excellent. Why? It's going to be... So Colin and Mark picked this. They picked the debut. So we're going to cover Coldplay Parachutes. Oh, no. It's going to be interesting to see how this holds up. I have this album. I used to love this album. You and me both. 
I have not listened to this for some time. I've not listened to this in. I'm glad we're talking about Coldplay, though, mm. because I feel they need to be spoken about. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just excited to talk about Coldplay. This is interesting because the first... I'm, I'm going to be honest and just put my cards out here on the on the table. The first two, three... Was X and Y the third? The first three Coldplay albums I bought. I'm not going to lie. With you. I bought them. Yeah. And I liked them. Yeah. I mean, they had moments. There were still, I mean, as most albums do, where you're like, oof, what's that? Um, and then they all went a wee bit odd. But um, they were such a mixed bag. So I had people who used to say to me that Coldplay were like music for bedwetters. <laughs> um, I remember that. And I was like, oh, a bit harsh. Um because they are a bit, they can be whiny. It's just, they're so polarizing. I just, I'm really interested to hear, so what our listeners think of their first couple albums. Let's park what we all think of Coldplay now, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they are inflated, egotistical, annoying pricks. But if we pull it back to when they first started, strictly right back, and, we're, and if people are completely honest with themselves, this is going to be a great episode. So everybody go and listen to Parachutes and be completely honest. Forget what you think about Chris Martin now. Forget what you think about Coldplay now. <laughs> it's funny. You're talking to yourself here. I feel, I feel that. Uh, Leslie, forget about what you think about Chris I Martin. I am, but I am. <laughs> like, can I take me back? Because it takes me back. I remember this album. As, as soon as you say that album, I picture myself walking from my uni house to my campus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I pit, it's there. Mm-hmm. It has memories for me. I picture it all. We went, yeah, we're not going to talk too much, but th- can I get back there? Will this hold up? I'm actually excited because I hate Coldplay now. Is this music for like bedwetters? We will answer Is this that music for bedwetters? and more next week. Oof, no. You know, I'm also, one thing I'm really excited about, so I'm obviously keen to to listen to this again, because I haven't for yonks, but also to start listening to some of the other albums, because I have the same view as you. Um, Some of their later, their next couple of albums were musically stronger. Um, I'm just, where did it it go all wrong for for Coldplay in our eyes? Oh, jeez, so much. When they became morons, and when he started to write shit in his hand, all the time, just do my head in. Live airs. <laughs> oh. So it's going to be a fun, uplifting episode next week. Uh, I'm excited because how many albums have Coldplay released? Let's be honest, millions, isn't it? Million. It's got to be at least one hundred. Seven or eight. It feels like that. It feels like. <laughs> but kudos um, to them. And there are they've... some I know nothing about. Them. Yeah. What even came after X and Y? Oh, oh this is. Oh, it's all too much for me now. <laughs> Hey, it's almost lunchtime. That means you uh, are, can make it to the fridge for your Kilkenny's about now. So, uh, quid's in. Um, well, we'll be a bit better, better, like, I've got to be honest. Oh, you're going to wait the 20... What do you think I am? You're going to wait the 23 minutes. Actually, if you look, I've got my uh, gym kit on. I'm about to do my uh, strength session. Oh, lovely. No. So, about to do some exercise. Oh, wait. Um, do you want to tell it? We didn't talk about your ankle. Oh. So, I was doing my exercise on Thursday in the park playing this so I've got I was seeing my trainer and we can do one-on-one in the park 
and then to warm up we play this like kind of like game handball game i'm quite competitive don't particularly like to lose probably comes as no surprise to anyone so um i went to get it there was a big divot in the grass on the park boom <laughs> sent kev a picture of my uncle oh it's not good doesn't look it's good. not good is it out like a balloon it's just i'm pretty sure that if i looked at my photo roll it's just injuries your injuries every six months there are a lot of injuries just, I've, I am, I've I, twisted I this i've fallen over i hit my head it's just, just it's constant so i can't do like i really can't go walking or anything but i can do like stuff that you know i can do deadlifts and i can do other exercise because I feel like you have to do some form of something every day in this isolation. Yeah, yeah. Or you're just going to become like it's just good for the headspace. So I've picked strength exercises that are more upper body today. Therefore, <laughs> um, I can still rest my ankle. I'm walking a bit better today. The swelling's coming down. Just in case anyone's concerned, um, I feel I'll be back on my feet in a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right well, let's let's get on out of here so next episode cold plate parachutes les rest your uh ankle up get better and uh we'll see each other next week cool bye bye everyone Yeah.